0: You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 319. When I look at historical Christianity, for example, in the day and age when religious services weren't even in a language understood by the common man, and religious leaders acted as a proxy, and the sacred text wasn't readily available to everyone, I can see how God would seem holy but distant. And I contrast that with concert-style music for worship, torn jeans and baseball caps on stage— I can see how God seems personal and accessible, but leaning toward a complete lack of reverence. And I'm not standing in a specific position of either extreme as much as I want to have a life. I want to live my life um, in a way that displays reverence for God and reflects that he is accessible and that we can have an intimate relationship with him. After all, he sends his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We are his temple. That seems pretty intimate. All of that to say, let us foster a sense of wonder in our worship and in our walk with the Lord. And Matt Redmond's song, Let There Be Wonder, calls us to that, and he points us to an area of Scripture that should inspire great wonder and anticipation in our own lives. But before we dive into Scripture, let's listen. Let there be one. the chorus but in the first verse of this song Matt sings let this place be an upper room where your people learn to wait let this house become holy ground where your children watch and pray and there is an upper room and a people who learn to wait mentioned in the book of Acts so let's head over there right now. Now, when we start in Acts chapter one, we see this at the beginning. In verse one, it says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So, as you can tell, it says in the first book, so this seems to be a second book, or part two of a complete compilation. And so, in fact, it is. You know, the good, do- the good Dr. Luke uh, wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. So, if you were really ambitious and wanted to dive into Scripture in a way that you never have before, you could read the Book of Luke and then the Book of Acts, back to back. This would definitely follow the bites of read and keep on reading and also reading in context. And boy, would you get the entire context written in the same voice by the same author. And so, bites, by the way, are Bible interaction tool exercises. I use these exercises to keep my time in God's Word varied. And to be frank with you, I did not read the entire book of Luke and then Acts this week. I think I have mentioned before that I'm reading the Bible through right now, chronologically, and I'm still in the Old Testament for my read and keep on reading time each day. But I often have friends and listeners who get stumped on where to start, and this could be an interesting kind of back-to-back study to try on your own if you'd like to try it. So what was Luke's goal with his first book? Well, to deal with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. But because he wrote book one and book two, he can insert some carefully chosen connections to specific things he revealed in the first book. Remember, The first book is the Gospel of Luke. So it's appropriate, uh, of course, as we're coming off of Easter weekend, to consider the very end of Luke. And I think you'll see why I'm saying that in just a minute. I start in verse 44 of the last chapter of Luke, and it says, Then he said to them, he being Jesus, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name For all nations, beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then in verse 50, it says, uh, and then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continued. In the temple, blessing God. So, what were Jesus' instructions right here at the end of Luke? Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So, this is the stage that is set at the end of Book One, and also where Luke picks up at the beginning of book two. So let's read those first few verses um, again out of Acts chapter one, and then we'll just keep reading a little bit further. In this first book, O Theophilus, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And then let's move on to verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said... Quote, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so here's the word our song uses, wait, and Jesus instructed his followers to wait for the promise um, from the Father. If you take the bite of following the cross reference, you may end up in Luke chapter three, where it says in verse 16, John, being John the Baptist, answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so you see, if you're reading in Luke chapter 3 and you see that, you're thinking, I have no idea what he's talking about. And I'm sure his listeners had no idea what he's talking about. But now that we're getting ready to read about the Holy Spirit coming down like fire uh, and with fire that you will begin to see the links and the connections. And, of course, that's the whole point of Scripture is to kind of begin to reveal all of these things that seem a little hidden at the beginning. But what do I mean when I talk about the bite of following the cross reference? Now, many Bibles, especially study Bibles, will have little letters or numbers to draw your attention to the bottom of the page or to the margin listing of cross-references. And you may have looked in your Bible and seen this and never really followed them or, or never really understood what they were doing. But there are other areas of Scripture that this reference is made or discusses some of the same concepts or something like that. So in my study Bible, when um, Jesus in Acts chapter 2 in red letters, it says, "You heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." Not many days from now, the cross reference sends me to Luke three sixteen. And if you don't have a study Bible or you don't have one that has a lot of cross references, you can use one of my favorite um, online tools, and it's free. and It's called Bible Hub H uh, U B dot com, I think, dot com or dot org. I'm just all of a sudden I, I lost it, uh, but Bible Hub. And so you can go to Bible Hub and when you click on an individual verse over to the right, if you're using a desktop, there's a column that will say cross references. And so you'll see Luke chapter three, verse 16 in a listing of cross references. So again, it's other verses that are talking about either the exact same thing or a concept or Or something that might um, begin to connect different areas of Scripture. So when you take the bite of following a cross-reference, it may send you all over Scripture, like a scavenger hunt. But it will also help you, over time, the more you do this, uh, to make these critical connections between different areas of Scripture. Now, in this case, again, we see that the cross-reference in Luke is where Luke, the author of both Luke and Acts, has placed a critical connection that he refers to again here, when John the Baptist said Jesus would baptize followers with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and he repeats it again here. Now, we haven't seen this happen yet because we're still in the first few verses of Acts, but he's giving us a clue in these first few verses as to what will come soon. So, I, I don't want to rush to that part. Because we're going to, if we skip right over to the Holy Spirit and fire part, we're going to miss out on another moment of wonder. At the end of Luke, the good doctor merely summarizes when he says he parted, Jesus parted from them and was carried up into heaven. But in Acts chapter one, he goes into great detail. And starting at verse six, it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So Jesus ascended to heaven on a cloud and the angels said he would return in the same way. That should be a source of wonder for us. Let yourself sit in that scene for a little bit. In fact, let's use the bite of meditation and really sit there. And when I talk about meditation, I'm, I'm, what I'm really talking about is just letting the story roll around in your head a little bit, considering the details. Again, putting yourself in the narrative, putting yourself in the scene. And when I do that, I would ask questions like, why would the followers of Christ ask the question that they asked? They've just witnessed his death, burial, and resurrection over a period of time. They were probably getting used to him being around during this month or so that he was with them after he was miraculously raised to life. And as I meditate on their question, I see that they still didn't get it. They were still on their idea of plan A, great ruler restores Israel, not risen Savior sitting on the right hand of the Father and interceding for us and offering salvation to all people. That understanding, of course, would come later. And as I let Jesus' answer roll around in my head, it's like he's saying, you're asking the wrong question. What you want to know is really none of your business, and it's irrelevant. And so what is relevant is what comes after his butt. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses um, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so they stood in wonder, frozen, staring up into the sky. And I get it. It was a sight to behold. It was not what they were expecting so if you keep following that pattern of meditation, just sit in the scene. I encourage you. There's so much more to see there. I've just gone over a couple of things. Let let the scene come back to you while you're washing dishes. Or let the scene come back to you again while you're driving somewhere. Can we drive anywhere? We're still at that stay-at-home order right now. Um, during coronavirus, but maybe while you're in the shower, play it over in your mind and then maybe try the bite of retelling the story. Uh, uh, we call it, I call it storying. A friend of mine introduced me that term. And so that's just basically retelling the story in your own words. And a scene like this where you've really spent some time meditating, the next step to really solidify the details is to try to explain it to someone else. And so that bite of storying is going to be super powerful. Um, and so try that. Think about it. Meditate on it. Ponder it. And then, and then try to retell it. But let's keep reading because in the next verses are where we see the upper room, which is also mentioned in our song. So in verse 12, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath's day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. All right, so less than half a mile from the side of the Ascension is the place where the apostles and the disciples of Jesus are staying together in this upper room. And not only do we see a listing of some people in this group of 120 people or so, we see that number, by the way, in the next verse, 15, but we also see what they were doing together. They were devoting themselves to prayer and this is also reflected in the lyrics of our song when Matt Redmond sings, Let this house become holy ground where your children watch and pray. I bring this up because that is the power of linking your study time of scripture to a song. So now every time you hear this song, it should inspire you to remember what you've studied. And just think about that. If you have spent all this time meditating and pondering and thinking and storying and doing all this stuff, then every time you hear this song, all that hard work that you've done should come back to your mind. And that's really where the power is between linking song And um, study, But the rest of chapter 1 shows the disciples replacing Judas so that there will still be 12 apostles. Very interesting, but I want to go ahead and get to the fire falling part before we have to wrap things up today. And so let's move on to chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There you have it. Baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit. I did a little research for us, by the way. Um, because I, you know, my, my very first question on the day of, when the day of Pentecost arrived and it's a capital P as if it's a day that I'm supposed to know what that means. And so I used one of my favorite outside resources. That's another bite, by the way, using outside resources. But I, the here's the only caveat that I have for you. Only use outside resources after you've studied for yourself first. I want you to think about these things and the text and see what you can see before you see what somebody, what God showed somebody else. Right, God has things that he wants to show you. He wants to help you make your own connections. And then, of course, outside resources help us do that um, and teach us how to do that in new ways. So I went to gotquestions.org and I looked up what is the day of Pentecost and this is what I discovered. Pentecost is significant in both the Old and New Testaments. Interesting. Pentecost is actually the Greek name for a festival known in the Old Testament as the Feast of Weeks, and it has two different. Um, cross references for us, Leviticus 23 and Deuteronomy 16, where we, I guess, would be introduced to the idea of the Feast of Weeks. And uh, the Greek word uh, means 50 and refers to the 50 days that has el- have elapsed since the wave offering of Passover. So the Feast of Weeks is um, celebrated the end of the grain harvest. But most interesting, however, is its use um, in Joel and And in Acts. So if we look back to Joel's prophecy in Joel chapter 2, and then look forward to the promise of the Holy Spirit in Christ's last words on earth before his ascension into heaven, again, we just read that in Acts 1 8, we see that Pentecost signals the beginning of the church age. Wow, that's fascinating. So this outside resource gives me a little bit more information that I couldn't have necessarily understood on my own without some um, extra help. So 50 days since the wave offering of Passover and some fun cross references for you to go explore in Joel chapter two. And I just want to end by saying these are all things that should lead us to wonder and awe. These are pretty awesome events ushering in the church Age and the promise of the Holy Spirit to all who are saved means that we truly are the people of God's presence as our song sings about. And to me, that inspires wonder, doesn't it? So what's next? Well, on this episode, we've merely introduced the first couple of chapters of Acts. Read them for yourself and then meditate on any aspects of the account that inspires wonder. And you see promises fulfilled, power from on high, Jesus ascending on a cloud, and tongues of fire. These are all details that you don't want to skip over. And I'm excited to see what kind of other connections you might make by following some of those cross-references as well. Now, while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you doing. Email me, Michelle at MichelleNizat.com. You can hop on Twitter at MichelleNizat or Instagram at MichelleNizat. My public Facebook page is Michelle L. Nizat, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Janice from New York, Tammy from Louisiana, and Judy Ann from the Philippines. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast, it's a great resource and a great place to start. Subscribers also benefit from an email that I send once a week. Now, in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource that you can display um, on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can print it out. You also, the the value, real value comes in the email recap of the week's episode, um, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create from time to time. And all of that, by the way, is just my way of saying Thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in uh, in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using You Already Know by J.J. Heller to lead us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 319. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.